Hey, what's happening guys? Grace and peace to you. Happy Tuesday. Uh, I hope all is well with you. Um, sorry for not getting the podcast out last week. I'll try to get two in this week. Uh, I was traveling last week. I did do a, uh, a video on uh, Instagram when I was out in Colorado, but I was out of town for three days and super busy when I got back. Anyway, here we are. Here we are. So, as I was praying and uh, meditating and contemplating with the Lord this morning, uh, He stirred up that that same message that that He was flowing through me last week, right? So, it's a word He wants to get out, I think. So, we're going to call today's podcast, uh, To Know in Our Knowers. To Know in our knowers and uh, Tamara and I grew up in the in the vineyard church so we went to Vineyard Anaheim in California which is the mother church of all vineyards um, it was an amazing time you know just wonderful ups and downs good and bad and all that and craziness and fun and you know fill in the blank everything was in the bucket but you know one thing that uh, some good friends of ours would say you know, like, you know and you're knower, okay? Like, when, when, you're, when you're trying to make a decision, okay? Um, and I guess I would say in, in right and wrong, or maybe in morality or immorality, or maybe in selfishness and pride versus humility, um, we know what's right and wrong. And the Lord speaks to us in that. He's created... A sensor, if you will, inside of us, right? He's already created a hole in us that can only be filled by Him. And then we have this sensor, which we could say is the Holy Spirit, our counselor, our advocate, our guide, our leader, our lover, right? All of those things intimately with us, who helps us to live our best life on earth. So to know in our knower means that we know what's right and wrong and we know the way we should go. Hello? So to know in our knowers. So I'm going to read out of John chapter 4. This is the woman at the well. It says, Now Jesus had learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but it was his disciples. Cool fact. So he, Jesus, left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Again, another key phrase. Jesus Jesus went back one more time. Now, he had to go through Samaria, you know, which wasn't the best route to go through. It wasn't the safest route for Jesus to go, right, as he was gaining um, notoriety, everybody knew who he was and what he was doing, they didn't like it some were unsure of it, some loved it um, so anyway, so he came to a town called Samaria a town in Samaria called Sikar and it was near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was almost noon. 
when a Samaritan woman came down to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Now Jesus was all alone as his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? You know, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans uh, in that time. All right. So Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Let me read verse 10 one more time. So Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So again, a beautiful, a beautiful story, a beautiful aspect of Jesus and who he was. Um, the fact that he went back once more, to me this story talks about Jesus going after the one. Uh, this woman, this Samaritan woman, had been rejected. Um, as the story goes on, which I may touch on this week, as we're going through the book of John at, at church, um, it just stirs up these old messages and stories and, you know, again, just confirms that the, the Bible, the Word of God, is living and active and just continues to be alive and, and speaks to us, you know. But this woman was rejected, man. She was rejected by everybody in the town, you know, and, and, and another beautiful part to this story, you know, is, is she tells him that, you know, I'm rejected, you know, and Jesus is, says, but not, not by me, you know, so Jesus doesn't reject anybody. He loves everybody. Everybody on this planet is a child of God, just not everybody knows it yet, all right? So we're talking about knowing today. So well, I guess we could start there. You need to know that you are viewed as a child of God by God. He created you to be his child. And it's up to you to know that and to receive that and to believe that. And it's in that that we're drawn to follow him through our great love for him and his great love for us. It's just, it's an automatic. And if we're not in that place, then... I would challenge you and say, then you don't, you don't know. Because just like verse 10 said, if, if you knew, Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God, right, which is salvation, it's eternal life, it's relationship with, with Jesus now and forever. If you knew the gift of God, right, which we do, we know it's out there. We know salvation is real. We know eternal life is real yet we don't live that way, right? But he says to her, if you knew, and you knew who it was who was asking you, which Jesus asks us every day, to enter in deeper with him. He said, if you know those things, then you will ask me, and I would give you living water. And as the story goes on, he says, living water is water that we will thirst no more. Does it mean that we won't be thirsty? ever again and drink water? No. It means we won't thirst for the things of this world. We won't thirst for things of this world, things that we would put above Jesus. You see, there's this balance in life, man. But it all starts with a rock-solid foundation. 
right? And our rock-solid foundation is the truth that God is a God of love and mercy. And His Word is truth. And we're to live a life in spirit and in truth. And as we build our life on that foundation, as we go through life and we have to live this life and we have to pay our bills and all of these things that we seem to get hung up on all the time, our goals, our dreams, our this, our that, which God knows because He made us and created us, and He knows our purpose, and He knows ultimately where we're going to end up in this life, you know. But we get hung up on those things. So if we know who we are in Christ, how He views us, surrender to Him our life, our time. When we go to work, we give Him our time. We give Him our glory. We invite Him in. We're always aware of what's going on around us. We're always joyful. We choose joy. We choose joy because we know the end of the story. We know where we're going. We know where we're headed. We know who Christ is. And we're led forth in peace. So in our earning of money and earning of what we need, there's joy, there's peace, there's trust in the Lord. Doesn't mean sit on your hands and sit at home and do nothing. It means check in and go to work. You know, but at work, glorify God. And at the end of your day, glorify God. And when you get home, glorify God. Love your family. Love your spouse. If you're single, go home. Love your home. You know, uh, whatever. Be appreciative of everything that we're given. Right? And we live our life from this, this place of thanksgiving. I saw a sign this morning called uh, Thanksgiving Point. It's an area right by our home. Big, giant sign. It's an area. It's got me, whatever. Cool, cool spot. It's called Thanksgiving Point. What's the point? That is the point. The point is Thanksgiving. And yesterday, I think I posted something that it's not that God isn't always good. It's that we're not always grateful. You see, God is always good. Even in the hard times, even in the trials, even when bad things happen, even when tragedies happen, God is always good. It's just we're not grateful. Well, how can I be grateful if, if I just lost someone? Because God is always good. And God is going to comfort you. The Holy Spirit's going to comfort you. He's going to come beside you. He's going to come around you. He's going to do miraculous things through that horrific trial that we go through because... God is always good. There is no bad in God. He doesn't take people. He doesn't hurt people. You know, we make choices in this life. We make choices with God or without God. With God, we have covering. Without God, we don't. So the reality is, is that everything that happens in our life is our choices, not, not God's, you know. God nudges us, God speaks to us, but do we know in our knower what it is God would have us do and how he would call us to do it? So again, if we knew, and we do know, we do knew, <laughs> we do know who Christ is, Amen. We do know who Christ is. So ask your daddy. Ask our Lord in heaven, our father, our king, our friend, our savior. Because he knows you intimately. 
right? Ask him. You know, as we dig these ditches of expectancy, I like to call it, as we're, as we're learning about the well and Jacob's well, you know, when we dig these ditches of expectancy of things that we want, we already know what to ask for. We know if we're asking for the wrong thing, right? So God already knows our hearts. So let's get honest with God. Let's know Him, all right? There's no games. There's no jokes. You can be fully honest with the Lord, you know, and, and sometimes even just taking a deep breath before you ask, God will let you know in your knower what it is you're to ask for, you know? It's like, man, I want that, but I, I know I can't have that, and I'm really only going to get this. I really want that car, but I can only afford this car. I really want that house, but I can only afford this house, you know? And, you know, whatever, those are monetary examples, but you get the point. You know, we know in our knower, oh, I need to get this car, and I'm thankful for that car, right? Instead of putting ourselves in positions where we cause ourselves harm. And uh, so that's monetary, it's emotional. You know, we put ourselves in all kinds of emotional wrecks, situations, usually from pride and selfishness and offense, all of which none came from God, none came from Jesus. Those are all devils. Satan's plan of a fallen man is our emotional trauma that we go through in this life. What about me? You know, what about this? What about that? We get angry. Uh, we hurt people with our words. And then, you know, they they don't like it or whatever. And there, there's no forgiveness. And then who wins in that? The devil's just divided a family. He's divided a friendship. He's divided what God was going to do with the two of you together. What he was going to do with your family as a whole. You know, um, and I'm not saying those things don't happen and they're not real and I don't have emotion. <laughs> I've just learned to, you know, surrender my emotions to God. I don't live in my life through emotions. I live my life through Christ. Which means he gives me compassion and understanding and peace and wisdom and these other things. And not being reactionary, not getting offended, but just loving people, man. Knowing that we're only here a short time. We're only here a short time. And then we go to heaven. And that's the truth. And if you're a Christian and you don't believe that, then I would say you're not a Christian. You're not a follower of Christ. If we don't believe that, and we're clinging to this earth, and we're clinging to all this stuff, and again, it's a balance, and I say that lightly, you know what I mean? I'm ready to go. God wants to take me today, I'm ready to go. You know, do I want to go today? No, I don't want to go. You know what I mean? I'm enjoying this new season of my life. I'm enjoying, you know, what God's doing in my life. I'm enjoying being around my family. I'm enjoying... Just everything I'm doing. So, but I'm not clinging to it. You get what I'm saying? I'm not clinging to it. We got to be ready, folks. We got to know in our knower that life is not about this life. And the more we release that, the more fruitful this life becomes. Give it a shot to know in your knower. And watch how life becomes living color. And all these things that have been dramatic are no longer really matter. Because we only get one day at a time. Every day we get a new 24. To know who God is. To know who we are in Christ. To repent of our sin. To turn to the Lord. To forgive. To ask forgiveness. To forgive ourselves. To forgive others. And we and, and surrender to the Lord. Everything that's going on in our life. And uh, 
I promise you, your life will be flipped upside down for the kingdom of God. And start stepping into the things that he's called us to do. Start stepping into church, serving at church. Quit sniveling about church and who said what and who thinks they're this and who thinks they're that. Just go to church and serve the Lord with your gifts that he's given you. Pour it out in the church. Don't worry about people, man. People are people everywhere you go. You know, pray for people. If people aren't doing the right thing, then God knows their heart, right? So pray for them. But you go to church to pour out what God has given to you, to love on others. You know what I mean? To go deeper with him, to learn more about him. You know, get connected. You know, press into some classes, some history. Learn some church history. Learn the word of God. Learn some wonderful tools for marriage, for raising children, all that. It's all in the kingdom of God. All because we know the gift and we know the gift giver. So I bless you all with the living water of Christ today that satisfies anything and everything in your life now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.